Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, do we got a show for you today, folks. Many of you are asking why no special edition. Yeah. Um, because it took me a really long time to get through the FISA application that was released on Friday night in the middle of the summer. Uh, was it? Was it Saturday night? It doesn't even matter. It was basically released to make sure none of you saw it. But don't you worry. I have picked through the 412 pages, which when you take out the redactions is really a half a page. <laughs> and I have for you the Major League Takeaways. Producer Joe, how are you today? Hey, Dan-O, I'm doing good. Yep. And didn't we say that they were going to dump something on Friday? Yes. We knew something of, was coming. Well, that's because we have really good yeah. people who tell us stuff. And yes, I said, eh, I'm a little suspicious. Something's going to happen. Yeah. Well, we'll get into the timing, too. I have some suspicions as to why they did it on uh, on Saturday. Um, okay, folks. Today's show, let's get this... Uh, Going because this is this is just going to be our this is going to be our greatest show ever. I've never been more confident. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at WaxRx. You know how much I love my sponsors, and I only work with companies I care about with products that work and work well. I'm not going to put my name behind something otherwise. That's why we don't do pre-recorded stuff. I read it live because it matters to me. <laughs> I was going to say something there, but I'll pass. <laughs> it's about something different. WaxRx is not the sexiest product in the world. Hey, who wants to talk about cleaning your ears out? But it's important. I had a real problem with earwax buildup in the Secret Service because of that earpiece they jam in your ear all day. It was a real problem. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't hear anything. The story I'm about to share illustrates how it helps other people, too, this product, WaxRx. Guy emailed us, uh, hey, my nephew Brandon dreamed of becoming an EMT and entered training. However, he quickly discovered he could not hear through the stethoscope. Without being able to hear the patient's breathing or heartbeats, he simply wasn't going to successfully complete that EMT training. Well, he recommended that he try WaxRx, and he used it to clean his ears. Amazingly, he removed a large blockage of wax from both sides. Instantly, he could hear everything, including through his stethoscope. This product works great. With his hearing restored, he finishes training and is now an EMT. Right now, you can try the WaxRx system by typing in GoWaxRx.com. That's GoWaxRx.com. Use the offer code DAN, my first name, D-A-N, at checkout for free shipping. Don't wait. You have no idea what might be missing because of inner earwax. Who knows? It might just change your life. I'm going to use it today after my haircut, which I always do. GoWaxRx.com. <laughs> Promo code DAN for free shipping. Yeah. Here we go, okay. Dano. Here we yes, go. Yes, here we go. Where do we start? Ah. Let's start with what we now know. Now that the application, just so we're clear about what we're talking about in case you missed the news. Over the weekend in the summer, the news dump happened. And what Mark Levin, by the way, has been asking for for a year and a half now and uh, some other conservative commentators later on. And what we've been talking about is the application for the warrant issued in October of 2016 to spy on Carter Page of the Trump team. You may say, well, he had left the Trump team. It doesn't matter if you understand how that spying operation works and the two-hop rule, how they can spy on Page, who Page emails, and then who and the two hops, and then another per, the, oh, spy on Page, who Page emails, and then the people they email from there. It doesn't matter. They were looking for an end to the Trump team. We have been asking for the application as to what evidentiary basis and what facts they had to spy on the Trump team. It was released in heavily redacted form, but now we see it. Now we know this. We know the collusion scandal is a hoax. We know the hoax that that members of the media were integral to the uh, propaganda effect of the hoax. 
We know the hoax continued into our court system. Mm. We know people lied about the hoax. We know Hillary Clinton's team paid for the hoax. And we know Looney Tunes crazy Democrats are continuing to discuss the hoax as if it's real. It is not. Now, the first problem and takeaway, we're going to go through this one by one. I'm going to break this down for you. The scam this thing is. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Number one. The liberal, the kooky, wacko, nutbag, police state liberals. Please stop talking about them that way. Uh, no thanks. Please find a different show then if this isn't for you. Because don't care. We're dealing with a bunch of police state tyrants. They will. Oh, now that they've been cold busted for police state spying. What do they say, Joe? Well, the key information now is in the redactions we haven't seen. Matter of fact, I got into a Twitter back and forth with a guy who who, who says he's a lawyer on Twitter. I don't I've never met this guy before. Brad Moss. He, I'm sure he is a lawyer, but he doesn't know anything about the law. That's his claim that. No, no. The key information is in the redactions. In other words, folks, of the 412 pages of documentation as to why they spied on the Trump team, the stuff that we can see is unquestionably unverified, salacious information. In other words, it's crap. Yeah. They're saying, no, 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 no. The real stuff we needed the federal government to establish probable cause to try on this Trump, uh, to spy on the Trump team, Joe, that's the redacted stuff. Really? Now, ladies and gentlemen, let me explain to you first, because a lot of people commenting on this have never actually been in the federal court system or sworn to a warrant. All right. Including some disingenuous liberal lawyers who either don't understand basics of the law or do and are lying to you. In order to spy on someone in the FISA courts, here's what has to be shown. The evidence standard is probable cause that the person being spied on is acting on behalf of a foreign agent and that those activities are probably in violation of a U.S. law. That is the standard. None of that is open for debate unless you're a Looney Tune liberal who doesn't understand the law like this Moss cat who I don't know what he doesn't seem to get anything. That's the standard. The way probable cause works in court, Joe, is you include, let's say you need 10 pieces of verified information to establish probable cause to spy on Joe. All right. You don't include 15 pieces of information. That is not the way the court system works. The way the court system works to save the judge time from having to read a bunch of superfluous nonsense, also to avoid documenting on paper the uh, potential exposing of sources and methods you've used and information that can be used later in federal courts, even in the FISA court, by the way, you don't expose unnecessary information. If you have 10 bits of information that establish probable cause that Joe's a foreign agent in violation of U.S. law, you include 10. There's no extra credit. You don't include 15. You don't include 22. You definitely, Joe... A hundred percent don't include information that your FBI director himself said is salacious and unverified. Liberals, get your heads out of your rumps for two seconds, you police state goons, and just pay attention to common sense. Do you actually believe now that no, the key information is in the redactions? The key infor- no, no, the key information is in the FISA application, mm. and what we can see is devastating. Because the information we can see is false. The information we can see was a necessary 10 tidbit of information demarcation point to reach the probable cause status. When you pull the false information we can see out, it doesn't matter what's in the redactions. 
It may even be worse. I could argue to you the redactions are redacted because the information there is even more false. You bet. It's falsity, falsy, false. I could make the exact same argument. Joe. Yes. If I need, again, let me say this, because before I move on, this is important. Mm -hmm. If you need to establish and leap a probable cause hurdle to get a warrant, Mm. as a matter of practice and investigative common sense, you do not include extra information that can be exposed later. Never. Because you don't want to expose it, and you're not going to waste the judge's time. Never. Second, you most definitely do not include information that your own FBI director has said is salacious and unverified. I'll get to that in a minute. Oh, so now let me get this straight. You already had the information without the false information for probable cause. And just for extra credit, you're going to waste the judge's time with extra information that you know is colossal BS, but you throw it in there exposing yourself later on to the scam. Are you crazy? Ain't I right? No PC? No right. <laughs> Play it again, Sam. Ain't I right? No PC? No right. <laughs> I'm sorry, we need hat tip. You know who you are, who suggested that drop. This is the greatest drop ever. That, of course, is Benicio Del Toro from The Usual Suspects. Ain't I right? No PC? No right. <laughs> we had to bleep out the expletives. It's a family-friendly show. Joe, isn't that great? Yeah, I like it. One more time. Ain't I right? No PC? No right. <laughs> they have no probable cause. They spied on a U.S. citizen of the Trump team with no probable cause. With no probable cause. This is amazing. Okay. Debunking point number two. <laughs> well, Carter Page had already left the EA Trump team. So, it you know, it doesn't really matter. Uh, they weren't really spying on the Trump team. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see. Let me pull this up here, folks. Yeah, Give me a we second. Go. Here we yeah. go. Jim Comey testifying in front of Congress for those liberal kooks who continue to insist that the oh the, the information is under redactions. And secondly, oh, they weren't investigating the Trump team. Jim Comey, let's quote Jim, former director of the FBI. I have been authorized by the DOJ to confirm that the FBI, as part of our counterintelligence mission, uh, is investigating the Russian government's efforts to interfere in the 2016 presidential, uh, presidential election. And that includes investigating the nature of any links between individuals associated with the Trump campaign and the Russian government. Oh, okay, debunk. Thank you. Have a nice day. Bing, pow, boom. Bing, pow, boom, bing. You got nothing. Sorry. Go away. Bye-bye now. Goodbye. Bye-bye, Scott. Skedaddle. As my grandmother used to say, or she used to say, skedaddle. She used to always emphasize the the, the, the cattle battle in Seattle. <laughs> my grandmother used to say that all the time. Skedaddle, huh? Skedaddle away. Skedats. Bye now. Goofs. Okay, there's more. This is going to go on for a while, all folks. Right. You, We have, this is just, oh, what a glorious weekend it was. Watching these liberal media clowns just this, like like cockroaches at night. But collusion, collusion. Now the documents are exposed and they find out the whole thing was a scam paid for by Hillary and they got nowhere to run. Goofs. We also found out in the piece, hat tip Sean Davis from The Federalist who tweeted this out this weekend. Read through. And and by the way, all of this stuff will be in the show notes, including the link to Judicial Watch, which did a great job in getting the FISA application. That is read through it. 
Read through it yourself. You will see it. It's, it doesn't even take that long to read through the 412 pages because most of it's redacted. The FBI. This is just, oh, this is going to blow your mind. The FBI and Department of Justice swore four times the FISA warrant and the three renewals four times that the Yahoo article they were using by Michael Isikoff to buttress their claims that that uh, there was some kind of collusion scandal between Trump, Carter Page, and the Russians. They swore four times that the source of that Yahoo article was not Mike uh, Christopher Steele. Four times. Well, what's the problem with that? The source was Christopher Steele. He already told the London court that. The FBI used a press report by Michael Isikoff in Yahoo News with the same information they got from Christopher Steele, who was the source for the Yahoo News article. Do you see what I'm saying here? Yeah. I'm going to move on from this because this one's so self-explanatory. Liberals will miss this, though, because they, they have concrete skulls. The FBI had nothing. They had fake information paid for by Hillary. They got from this British spy, former British spy, Christopher Steele. Steele's information could not be verified. Why? Because it wasn't true. So what did they do? Steele went to Yahoo with the same information and Michael Isikoff. They print an article with the same information that the FBI uses to confirm Steele's information. It's the same information. They swore to the court four times, four times. The September 23rd Isikoff article at Yahoo is becoming a critical piece of this disaster. Yeah, man. Moving on. Next monster takeaway. Now we have confirmed, seal it, take it to the bank. There is no mention of the Hillary Clinton team paying for this information anywhere in the FISA application. Oh, you think that might be important? It says company one paid uh, subject two for information on candidate one. You th- Why not just put that in there? Why not? Because it's clear at this point, the Bureau was hiding the political origination of this fake information with the Steel team. There is no, ladies and gentlemen, the liberals cannot get away from this one simple fact, including Shifty, the Shifty, liar, scammer, fraudster, embarrassment to the Congress out this weekend. These guys are the worst. Again, trying to save this thing. They cannot get away from the simple fact that Hillary Clinton and the Clinton team is not mentioned anywhere in the document as the original of this fake information used to spy on the Trump team. No mention. They can say all they want out person one and the, there, were poli- there may have been a political motivation. What political motivation? That's kind of important. Don't let your liberal friends dance on this. There is no mention of it. All right, I'm going to jump around. I was going to cover a couple things first, but I want to get to this because this is, oh my gosh, this is, uh, this one blew my mind. And I want to give a hat tip to, um, I can't say her name, but I don't want to give people up, but I had a source of mine. It's a she, which I don't think, it only narrows it down to half the population. So yeah. I think we're okay on that. We're cool. But she's a dynamo and she sent me something this weekend that was pretty amazing. And when I saw it, I knew right. I knew right away. Right away, I knew where she was going with it. 
timing's awfully suspicious on this release of the FISA application, isn't it? Like I said, Mark Levin was calling for it a year and a half ago. Devin Nunes, uh, Nunes and others have been calling for it for a long time. Why all of a sudden this weekend? Well, first part's mine. The second part is someone else's. I, Ladies and gentlemen, something happened last week. And this is, I, I want to be fair here. I'm speculating a bit on this because I can't get in their head. But I think it's an important point of discussion. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I think it's important to put out there because one of the big questions now is why now? Why release the FISA app right now? Something happened last week. And if you understand how Donald Trump operates, you understood right away how devastating it was. Let me get to it. Dan Coats, the director of national intelligence under Donald Trump. Um, Coates was appointed to that position. And one thing about Trump, anyone who knows him will tell you this and confirm it. It's not a mystery. Is Donald Trump values loyalty above anything else. He's loyal to his employees. You notice, uh, Joe, how few people come out from his. He's had thousands of people working for him. Yeah. You'd think if he was such a bad guy, there'd be this outcry. But hundreds and thousands of employees saying how awful he was. But you notice zero. Exactly. It never happens. He is a loyal guy, but he expects loyalty in return. Yeah. Dan Coats was at the uh, his director of national intelligence. Trump's was at the Aspen Security Summit last week and was on stage with Andrea Mitchell from NBC, a noted leftist. Right. She's you know, she's not a reporter. She's a leftist pretending to be a reporter. Right. On the stage, the news breaks that Trump may have a meeting with Putin at the White House and Coates gives an unbelievably awkward response. I know you saw it, which yeah. seems to throw Trump under the bus. He says he looks and he says, well, say that again, like in a way to question it's the veracity of it, but to do it in a silly kind of awkward way. And then he says at the end, uh, kind of laughing with Andrea Mitchell, like, oh, that should be special. Um, I am. 999 out of a thousand times I can tell you this analysis will be spot on knowing Trump and his team like I do that probably royally pissed off Donald Trump I am not sure Coates in an effort now to finally get this thing isn't saying now all right it's time to clear this up he has to know I'm not suggesting there was any believe me don't don't mistake this for any quid pro quo at all I would be totally unethical. I'm just suggesting that Coates may understand because he's director of national intelligence that there's something deeper here and that it's time the American public knew. And now that is, you know, now that it looks like that really came off bad last week. Now it's time to finally get the facts out. Ah, I know it's a, a rough one, but I want to put that out there. He's, of course, he's not the only one who would have to make that decision either. But I want to be clear, I'm not suggesting at all any quid pro quo. I don't think Trump would, would ask them to do that. I just think he has been holding this for, well, why he's been, I don't know. But I think he knows something's up. This one, is this one's incredible. Let's get in a little time machine here, Joe, and go back a little bit. Do you remember, folks, the indictment of James Wolfe? James Wolfe, you're like, remember the names, remember the names. Who's James Wolfe? James Wolfe was the Senate staffer on the committee, the Intelligence Committee. James Wolfe was the Senate staffer who was charged with basically lying to FBI agents about disclosures he made to a reporter, Ali Watkins. Those disclosures, if you go back and read the indictment, have some critical dates. Now, there's a mystery. There's a big mystery in the, in the disclosure of the FISA application. I'm going to make this make sense for you in a minute, but you have to understand a bit of the background. So there is a staffer on the Senate Intel Committee 
He's charged with lying about disclosures he made of classified information to a reporter. His name was James Wolf. You can read the indictment yourself. In the indictment of Wolf are some key dates. Now, in the FISA application release, Joe, there's something very, very suspicious about it. And there's a big kind of, I think, a clue. I think a clue sandwich. The dates, Joe, are all blacked out. The dates are bl- except for one date, Joseph. The date that the copy of the FISA warrant that was re- FISA application that was released, the date it was printed up and handed to somebody. Folks, the Judicial Watch document they got, the FISA application, is a PDF of an actual document of a document that was printed on a very specific date. It's not the date of the FISA application. The FISA application was in October, October 21st of 2016. The date, the date on the document we see is March 17th, 2017. Now it is all three applications. There were three follow-ups. This is good. So somebody printed and hand wrote March 17th, 2017 on the document we see that we now have. Go back and read the James Wolf indictment. By the way, I want to uh, hat tip the conservative treehouse guys too. picked up on this as well. There's a good piece on it today where they, they actually have screenshots. What's the date in the James Wolf indictment of one of the critical charges? Oh, March 17th, 2017. Oh, wow. Wow, isn't that great? So all of the dates, and folks, I hope you understand where I'm going with this, right? Mm-hmm. All the dates in the FISA application are blacked out. The date of the application, the date of the renewals. There's one date handwritten in at the end that everyone can see. It's March 17th, 2017. Meaning somebody printed that thing and went, here you go, March 17th, 2017, and put their John Hancock on it, their signature, right? Mm-hmm. Handed it to someone. The James Wolfe indictment clear as day, has a charge, a significant charge that on March 17th of 2017, a guy who disclosed, and li- or according to the indictment, is alleged to have lied in the indictment to, uh, about, to the FBI agents about disclosing information to a reporter. In the indictment, it says on March 17th, 2017, he exchanged 82 texts and engaged in a nearly half-hour telephone conversation with a reporter about some classified intelligence. Whoa! Wow! Wow! That's crazy! Crazy time! In some limited circles, they would call that a clue. Yes. Now, did they forget to redact that? Listen, having worked in the federal government for many years, there's some great people over there, but there are also some knuckleheads. I always refer back to uh, Father Bob Sirico's line in the C-SPAN thing I heard one day. He said, it's not that the government's too big, it's that the government's too stupid. There are only two explanations for this. One, they forgot to black out the date because it wasn't typewritten, it was handwritten, which is, believe me, entirely possible. 
and all of a sudden we have a major clue left behind or somebody doing the redactions with a wink and a nod just handed us a major clue sandwich. How long? You see where I'm going with this, Joe? The connection? Yeah. That this this mm-hmm. Senate Intel staffer mm-hmm. on the same day these alleged to have engaged in significant text and voice communication with the reporter on the very same day mm-hmm. a classified FISA application series of FISA application warrants was printed up and given to someone. How long have they known about this? Is Wolf cooperating? In other words, has Wolf given this information to other reporters? Was Wolf, Joe, the Senate Intel staffer, Mm -hmm. was Wolf working with other people? And is Wolf working with the the FBI and the Department of Justice now Mm. to out other people and other reporters who disclose classified information in their reporting? Or to out other officials who may have been involved, including, including people in the U.S. Senate? Oh, oh, boy. See, my wife gets to listen to this live and she loves my show, too. She's like, wait, what? If you've been following me on Twitter. You know that I have been all over very specific U.S. senators on both sides of the aisle Mm -hmm. who seem to be awfully worried about what's going on in this case. Senator Mark Warner. And the Democrat side who's in a panic at every opportunity. Trump's a Russian colluder. You have uh, Rubio this weekend. I mean, another, just the guy's lost. Rubio, Rubio's a waste of time. Rubio comes out on Jake Tapper this week. Yeah, oh, I don't know. Let us see here, folks. Interesting. What's James Wolf up to? Little nuggets all over the place, aren't there? Hmm. I read through it so you don't have to. And I have got some more, let's call them neutron bomb level nuggets in here. But that date, go look at it. Go look at the judicial watch. Look, every date is blacked out. All of a sudden, this one little creeper, March 17th, 2017, the same date. In a U.S. federal government charging document, a Senate staffer is alleged to have exchanged classified information over phone and text and lied about it. Wow. Little cheese. Rats are coming out. (laughs) All right. I got a lot more. We got to pay for the show. Uh, Today's show also brought to you by our buddies at iTarget. We love iTarget iTarget Pro system is the best way to rapidly, by the way, increase your proficiency with a firearm. Responsible firearm ownership, of course, includes safety, 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 also proficiency. It doesn't make any sense to own a firearm if you're not willing to learn how to use it, but going to the range can get expensive. Now, competitive uh, shooters, people who do this for a living, dry fire 10 times more than they live fire. What does dry fire mean? It means practicing uh, on a safely unloaded firearm. Check it, check it twice, check it three times. You cannot afford to make a mistake. Always 
always have uh, that that firearm in a safe direction every time. And you dry fire. You pull that trigger on a safely unloaded weapon, and it's a it's a especially you know it's good on a range as well. You can practice your trigger pull. You can practice your sight alignment. You can practice you know you you do a few dry fires before you uh, start at the range as well. Uh, you can practice your sight picture, sight alignment, your grip. These are all important components of firearm proficiency. One of the best ways to do that again is by dry firing. But the problem with dry firing is you have no idea where the rounds would have gone because it's empty. Now, one of this is iTarget solved that problem for you. They will send you a laser round for the firearm you have now. No manipulations necessary. It's not going to damage your gun in any way, shape, or form. It is designed specifically for your practice purposes. You drop that laser round and you have uh, you know, a, a, a 9mm, they'll send you a 9mm round. Comes with a target, and in conjunction with a phone app, you'll see exactly where those rounds would have gone. It is the best system out there. People cannot put this thing down. The reviews I get for it from everyone, from military to police officers to recreational, uh, you know, firearm uh, owners who like to go to the range because they enjoy it. Hunters, people who are practicing their self-defense, uh, they love it. It is a great system. The website itargetpro.com. That's the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com. Use promo code Dan. For ten percent off, promo code Dan for ten percent off. iTargetPro.com. Okay, some more. Here's another date. I, I again, let me just just to be precise because I know how liberals are. They love euphemisms and picking apart verbal games. There are some other dates exposed in there, but they're not relevant to the dates the FISA warrants were actually approved. Why they're blacking those dates out has been a big mystery over the weekend. But I think this lady uh, who's been, I think she solved it. I'm pretty sure that's. Uh, that's why. There's another date in there. This is important. They cite multiple times in the warrants that the information was verified. That the information was verified, folks, according to the April 5th, 2001 procedures. Oh, was it? Was it verified? Are we sure? Now, Libs, this is when you take the cotton uh, out of your ears for a moment. You stick it in your mouth and you listen up here, okay? Maybe good for you. Maybe you'll learn something. We'll, we'll educate you here. Let's use the FBI's own words. Now, just to be crystal clear what we're talking about here. Right. They swore in front of a judge on their own credibility and their, their professional credibility. Some supervisory FBI agent. Jim Comey, who signed off on him, uh, Clapper, uh, excuse me, uh, Com- uh, what's uh, Brennan's on there, Sally Yates is on there. They signed these documents. On the document, it says, clear as day, the information was verified according to the April 1st, 2001 procedures. What are those procedures? You're a regular listener to the show. You already know that. It's called the Woods Procedure. Yep. The Woods Procedure is a verification of information process to ensure fake information doesn't make it into the FISA court. The Woods procedure involves two parallel tracks that sometimes intersect. The FBI through field offices and headquarters, everybody has to look at it. Is it true? Is it true? Is it true? Is it true? The Department of Justice, is it true? Is it true? Is it true? Is it true? The FBI and DOJ swore that this information was verified, but was it? Jim Comey. In multiple public reports, matter of fact, I have a CNS News article included in the show notes. It's an older article, but it's worth reading again. Jim Comey himself, in a meeting with Donald Trump, referred to the information as salacious and unverified. This is the FBI director. Wait, 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 Jim. You signed one of these documents where it says you verified the information according to the Woods Procedure. 
But then behind closed doors, you said it was salacious and unverified. What is it? Ladies and gentlemen, do you understand this conundrum has never been explained? Now that we have the FISA application, there was a debate. Did they was the wood did the Woods procedure fail? Did they swear? No, no, it's in there. Read it yourself. April fifth, I think it's on page fifty three. April fifth, two thousand one. This was verified according to the Woods procedure. That's what they're talking about. The April fifth, two thousand one procedures. But the FBI director said it wasn't verified. Oh, surely we'll fall back then. No, no, no. The verification and all the other stuff and the critical information is in the redactions. Is it really? You sure about that? Because the deputy director of the FBI in a hearing where he was asked questions, Andrew McCabe, who's now been referred for criminal investigation, when asked if these FISA warrant application would have even existed without the dossier, said no, no. Oh, isn't that fascinating? The infos and the redactions. Really? You know more than the number two in the FBI? Because that's not what he said. He said none of this warrant, would have, this warrant wouldn't have existed without the, without the dossier. Oh, let's go down the chain again. So now we have the director saying the verified information is unverified. Joe, verified, unverified. Do those mean the same thing, verified, unverified? Uh, no, they don't, Dan. They don't. No. You are not a linguist, correct? No, I am not, Dan. Did you major in English in college? No, I didn't, Dan. But you know the difference between verified and unverified, okay? Yes, I do, Dan. So, so they are not the synonyms, okay? Different words, Dan. Thank you, Joe, very much. <laughs> I'm sorry we have to do this, but liberals are really dopey. So you have to say this slowly. They swore the information was verified while telling Trump and others that it wasn't verified. The number two in the FBI says, no, no, the dossier information was critical or else we wouldn't have had enough information to present it to the court to actually get a warrant. Oh, oh, yeah, nothing to see there. The number three, the counterintelligence head, Bill Prystep. Again, this is all out there. I have an article by Byron York, by the way, in the Washington Examiner today. Read every single piece of it. It goes through all of this, how this was all in the Nunes memo. And when the Nunes memo came out, which which talked about all this stuff, they all laughed. Conspiracy theory! Conspiracy! Now we have the FISA app, and now all of a sudden, Devin Nunes' reputation again as every, is, is 100% intact. And now you know that shift day! Now you know what a scam artist and a liar this shift guy is. Bill Prystep, the head of the counterintelligence division. Again, we're talking about information they swore was verified. That wasn't. Prystep, when asked about the Woods procedure and the verification of information, said, and I'm quoting, it was in, here's the quote. The verification process was in its, quote, infancy. Infancy. So you swore the information was verified while the guy at the top says it's not. The number two says it wasn't and it was critical to getting the warrant. The number three, when asked about the verification process, says, oh, no, it wasn't verified. The process was only in its infancy. That's a quote, infancy. Read it. Oh, surely, surely the lead investigator on the case can solve all these problems. Oh, who was that? Who was that, scratch my head oh it was peter stroke that's right and we have his texts with his girlfriend <laughs> like that. Yeah, he's so good, man. <laughs> we have stroke texting his girlfriend in candid moments candid moments 
What does he say about the Trump case? Oh, and I quote, there's no there there. Oh, okay. So now we're spying on an American citizen hopping into the Trump team. The FBI director acknowledges they're investigating the Trump team on information they swore to four times was verified. They swore four times to it as the same FBI director telling us he's investigating the Trump team says it's salacious and unverified. The number two says we would have never been able to spy on him without the unverified information. The number three says the verification of information was only in its infancy. And the number four and the lead investigator on the case says, hey, fellas, there's no there there. You got it, libs. You got it, police staters. You really nailed it. Yeah, you really got a house to build on here with this base of stupidity. This circle of stupidity with these liberals is incredible. You have nothing. You have been exposed. Total, complete hoaxers, fraudsters, scammers, scam artists, lowlives. Liars. Frauds. Ain't I right? No PC? Not right. You're damn right. You don't need my words, Joe. Just listen to the words of the FBI themselves. Just listen to their own words. The entire upper echelon of the Federal Bureau investigation involved in the management of this debacle. Yes, this investigation of the Trump team, as Comey said himself on the record. The entire upper echelon of the FBI has already debunked this case themselves. You don't need me. It's a conspiracy theorist. Really? Comey too? McCabe? Price step? Stroke? Gaddis? Who else is involved in this? Who's, by the way, who signed that FISA warrant? We'll find out about that soon too. That's going to be another interesting story. Stay tuned. Here's another doozy from the piece. Back in March of 2016, I've discussed this before, so if if this is a little redundant, forgive me, but it's critical to the FISA application release because it explains to you just how devastating what happened is. March of 2016, a press release comes out of the Department of Justice. That press release has two names on it. That press release of the Department of Justice has the name of Preet Bharara, who was the United States attorney in the Southern District, and John Carlin, who at the time was the Department of Justice, uh, was, the, um, was in charge of the National Security Division. What that press release says and the names on it is stunning. It talks about the prosecutorial efforts to take on a guy named Buryakov, a Russian accused of spying in the United States. Now, in order to nail that spy... The FBI used an asset or an informant. Who was that person? That person was Carter Page, the subject of the FISA application we now have. What's stunning here is John Carlin was the head of the FBI National Security Division. He knew about this case. He's on the press release. We got this Russian spy it doesn't mention Carter Page by name because he was obviously an ano- his name. They wanted his name anonymous because he was an informant for his own safety. 
But it's now public knowledge that the informant used to nail the Russian spy in conjunction with Carlin and Pre Peraro was Carter Page. In other words, Page was assisting the FBI to nail Russian spies. In this same period of the press release, the FBI is astonishingly making an allegation that not only was Carter Page helping them nail a Russian spy, but he was a Russian asset at the same time. Joe is scratching his head going, can they be this stupid? The answer is yes. So let me get the, let me be clear with this. You have a spy, an informant you're using to nail a Russian asset at the same time you know he's working for the Russian Federation? Did you guys get played? The answer is, of course you didn't. Carter Page, I have zero doubt at this point, was not, in fact, a Russian spy. How do I know that? Because Carter Page is not in jail. Carter Page, if there was a warrant for his arrest and actual information they could swear to again in court, they would. They don't. The information on Carter Page came from the dossier, which is false. It's fake. They, ladies and gentlemen, they needed an end to the Trump campaign. They had nothing on Trump. Do you understand what happened here? It became clear as day that when Carter Page was announced back in March as a foreign policy advisor... Oh, look, Joe, Carter Page, that name rings a bell. Hey, guys, we need to spy on the Trump team. Yeah, but we got nothing on this Trump team. Yeah, but we worked with this guy to nail some Russians. Hey, you think we could turn around and accuse him of being a Russian agent? That sounds great. <laughs> Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> don't Listen, Bob Sirico, don't forget the line. It's not that government's too big. It's that it's too stupid. Now do you understand the appointment of Bob Mueller, too? Bob Mueller's focus now is to save the DOJ and the FBI and the Clintons and to keep the attention on the Trump team. Who was Bob Mueller's chief of staff? The same guy, John Carlin, who was running the National Security Division during the prosecution of the Buryakov case, where they used Carter Page, who they then later alleged was a Russian spy. You were using a Russian spy and allowing him to interact with the FBI? Are you nuts? John Carlin was on the press release. Bob Mueller's old chief of staff. What great, that's a great guy to cover for you. John Carlin also was the one of the senior Department of Justice officials, one of the last people to sign off on the, quote here, air quotes, verified information that was not verified. The Woods procedure nearly ends with John Carlin at the Department of Justice. I'd say John Carlin has some splaining to do. But don't expect any of that explaining to happen to Bob Mueller, who has a relationship with John Carlin. By the way, I'm going to say I'm not afraid of Bob Mueller. I know we're on the right side. As people tweet me all the time, I'm serious, folks. I'm not trying to be like a closet tough guy. Oh, you know, Mueller to come after you next and stuff like that. I get that all the time. You'll pay for that. Skeletor. Thank you, Rod P. That was awesome. Thank you, Joe. You know, I've been looking for that for days yeah. now. You want to pay for that? I'm serious. I'm not, I'm not, I, I don't care. I don't care one bit. I know we're on the right side of this. I absolutely know. I'm not going to dial this down one bit. John Carlin is a 
key figure in two central components of this 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 disaster. He was one of the senior officials to sign off on the information they allege was verified in the court that was not verified. It was fake. He's also the guy involved in the DOJ on the press release on the Buryakov case where Carter Page was helping the FBI. You later on allege just weeks, if not a couple months later, that he was a Russian spy? Ladies and gentlemen, this makes no sense. All right, let me do one final read here, and then I'm going to hammer through a couple more of these because this get, ladies and gentlemen, this thing gets worse. Gets a lot worse. Okay, today's show brought to you by our buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. I can't say enough um, about Field of Greens. It's a great product. Love it. Uh, Brickhouse has always, always uh, been good to us. They produce the best products out there. Field of Greens solves a problem we all have. We all know we should be eating a lot of fruits and vegetables, uh, but we don't have time to prepare them, shop for them. I get it. I'm on the road all the time. I take Field of Greens with me. They solve that problem, but they solved it the right way. A lot of these other companies out there, they say, hey, here's a fruit and vegetable pill, and here's a fruit and vegetable powder. A lot of <laughs> a lot of it's extract. You see Joe's face is right now. It's extract. It's garbage. It's not the real thing. This is real food, real ground up, healthy, healthy fruits and vegetables that are have, have micronutrients and macronutrients in your that are that are just integral health in your body, your cognitive health, your physical health, bones, joints, your muscles. Everybody needs good quality fruits and vegetables. This is the way to do it. It tastes great. I throw it in some orange juice, some green tea sometimes, some V8. I love it. It's called Field of Greens. I felt great since I've been taking it. I've been taking it for about seven months now. It makes an enormous difference in my life. My energy levels are up. Uh, I just feel better. And I know I'm getting all those nutrients I need in my diet. Even though I still eat a lot of fruits and vegetables, this is my insurance policy. Go check it out. It is worth your time. It is worth your It's the best fruit and vegetable supplement on the market today. You know you need to do it, folks. We need to be eating fruits and vegetables. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up Field of Greens today. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Give me your reviews. I know you're going to love it. It's terrific stuff. Okay. Another scam now exposed by the FISA application is in the piece, in the FISA application, which I strongly encourage you to read. Joe, they never, ever authenticate the source. Now, 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 time out. They do authenticate Christopher Steele. Christopher Steele, he's worked with us before. They don't use him by name. They use him. They they cover his name in the piece. But they acknowledge that he has worked with the FBI before. But they never vet the source. Ladies and gentlemen, remember this. Christopher Steele is not the source of the information. He's only the middleman. I can't emphasize this to you enough, how critical this is. And by the way, hat tip to Undercover Huber on Twitter, who puts out great info. He actually CC'd me, gave us a hat tip on something. But this is Andy McCarthy's. This is not mine. There is no such thing as vicarious credibility. The source of the information... The FBI goes at great lengths in the FISA app to verify Christopher Steele. He's great. He's worked with us before. He's so wonderful. We're going to have him over for a birthday party. Is not the source. Christopher Steele is only the middleman. But is he really even the source? Now, just to tie up the first point before I get to the second. Steele is relaying information he says he got from other sources. Those sources need to be... The FBI didn't know this? Those sources need to be authenticated, not Steele. Right. 
How are you a senior FBI manager in counterintel and you didn't know that? There is no vicarious credibility. The credibility of the source is the source's information, not the source who passed it to a source, to a source, to another source. That's not the way this works. There is no vicarious credibility. But was he really the source? There is an explosive sentence in this thing that I bet the United States government, DOJ, and FBI thought would never get out there. What have we been talking about over and over and over again with the FBI's hiding here, Joe? Paragraph one. Right. The FBI and the Department of Justice have still, to this day, not explained how this case started. What does paragraph one of the spying operation on the Trump team, Crossfire Hurricane, Operation Dragon, as we learned about through uh, the John Solomon piece, The Hill. You can listen to the, week, the shows from two weeks ago where I go into that. Apparently, we know now there were multiple investigations circling around the Trump orbit. Multiple. Nobody has explained yet what the opening paragraph of the first investigation into the Trump team says. Donald Trump or Trump campaign member or whatever, fill in the blank, is accused of this and this is how we know it. That's how these cases start. They're hiding it. Why are they hiding it? Because it started on a steaming pile of horse manure. There's nothing there. They will not tell you how the case started because the case should have never been started. But, 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 there's a fascinating little tidbit in there fascinating little tidbit let me read to you this little gem this is from the FISA application by the way when they say target they're talking about carter page here the status of the target was determined in or about october 2016 from info provided by the u.s department of state oh really the State Department's involved in human intelligence and law enforcement operations now? Oh, wow. Isn't that special? The Department of State, who at the Department of State is already publicly acknowledged in a Washington Post op-ed, a role in the dissemination of this spurious dossier information to law enforcement. Oh, Jonathan Weiner. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember him. That's right. Jonathan Weiner at the State Department, Jonathan Weiner, yes, who already acknowledged having some dealings with Christopher Steele and Cody Shear and passing that information on to the FBI. The State Department, we now have diplomats engaged in law enforcement and counterintelligence operations. Wow, that's incredible. And that diplomats meeting with a guy, Sid Blumenthal, who is a noted Hillary Clinton um opposition researcher what do they call him sid vicious for his ability to to take people down on behalf of the clintons mm -hmm. so just to be crystal clear on this a guy who's already written an op-ed in the washington post trying to do a mea culpa to get out in front of this because he knows he's in a world of trouble jonathan weiner has acknowledged meeting with a clinton hatchet man and sid blumenthal and his buddy cody Shear takes the information gives it to the FBI to investigate, and the FBI unbelievably puts this in the FISA application. 
The status of the target was determined in or about October 2016 from info provided by the State Department. This is fascinating. Now the State Department is running law enforcement CI ops. Amazing how that works. I thought they were a diplomatic entity engaged in foreign relations and promotion of U.S. interests overseas. No, no, no. No, no. We're now political hatchet men and cops, too. Wow. Isn't that great? Now it is the Devin Nunes, Maria Bartiromo interview from a couple months ago about how no official intelligence was used to start this investigation and why they're hiding paragraph one. Now does it make sense? Maybe it doesn't. So let me enlighten you libs out there for a minute. Because I know the conservative listeners to this show already nailed this a long time ago because you actually care about facts. Paragraph one should have read on a referral from intelligence, the intelligence community, on a referral from someone vetted through the appropriate channels. We had information about uh, Trump team connections with uh, Russian operatives that may compromise the United States. Here's the probable cause laying out that this specific operative is not only a foreign agent, but is doing so in violation of U.S. law. Remember, being an agent of a foreign government is not a crime. Is it, Joe? Joe, have you ever heard of ambassadors? Yeah, that's not a crime. You have. Are they not agents of foreign governments? Now, a U.S. citizen lobbying for a foreign government, is that illegal? No. No, as long as you disclose it, it is not. Right. It is illegal in violation of U.S. law. What that's, that's exactly what should have been laid out. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, they had to launder the information. They couldn't do that the right way through official intelligence channels. Why? 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 This is the key question. I've been trying to get everybody who listens to my show to understand. It's now clear as day. If the dossier, the fake information that was unverified, that was used to start this thing, was passed through official intelligence channels with non-politically inclined malicious actors looking at it, it would have been entirely, completely laughed out of the process. This never would have made it into the FISA court. So they ran it through State Department diplomatic and political channels to make sure it made it to the FBI. Because if it made it through intelligence channels and some nonpartisan actor in the Central Intelligence Agency got a hold of it, they would have mocked this thing. Folks, let me give you some inside baseball here. Because I've worked with both of them extensively, one in protection operations, uh, the Central Intelligence Agency, and one on law enforcement operations, the FBI. It's not a joke. It's not me patting myself on the back. I don't care about bona fides. I just want to explain to you how this actually works. Federal Bureau of Investigation is packed full of super talented investigators. I worked with some of them. They're very good. The Central Intelligence Agency's area of expertise is overseas intelligence used to advance the interests of the United States, sometimes gathered in a clandestine manner, sometimes not. The Federal Bureau of Investigation, outside of their legats overseas, their legal attaches, their agents in foreign offices, do not have a scintilla of the expertise the Central Intelligence Agency does on what happens on foreign soil. That is a fact. And any credible FBI agent will admit to that. The FBI is very talented. They have very good people. They do not have a a thousandth of the intelligence expertise overseas the CIA does. The Central Intelligence Agency cannot operate against U.S. citizens. If they need to, if something is passed on, it has to go to the FBI. The Central Intelligence Agency is not a law enforcement outfit. 
I believe John Brennan at the top was running a rogue operation at the CIA. John Brennan knows that a lot of people, men and women who work in the CIA are patriots. He understood that if the information made it through the proper channels at the Central Intelligence Agency, which people with people who had actual expertise on Russia, the United Kingdom and otherwise, that if it went down through those channels, that information would be questioned and no one would sign off on it because they had to know this dossier information was garbage because the CIA would have done what? It would have shaken its own trees, worked its own sources and found out that this stuff was crap. Brennan pressures, pressures Harry Reid, a Democrat senator up on the Hill, former Senator Harry Reid, who has since left, pressures him to write a letter to the FBI, which he does in August of 2016. Brennan passes off this, this hot potato then to politicians, laundering the information for himself and disconnecting himself from responsibility, knowing the information is garbage and cannot be vetted to appropriate channels. Harry Reid pressures the FBI to open the case. Political operatives, Jonathan Weiner, who's working with Victoria Newland in the State Department, get the same information to make it look like it's independent. In other words, wow, it's coming from multiple sources. It's the same garbage. It's passed to Jonathan Weiner, do political hatchet men for the Clinton team, who then passes it to the FBI. The FBI goes, wow, we're hearing this twice now. No, you heard it once. It's the same information being laundered through multiple channels. And by the way, one of the people involved in this information exchange is Victoria Newland, who used to work for Bill Clinton's, one of his senior Department of State members, Strobe Talbot. Strobe Talbot is Cody Shear, the guy working with hatchet man Sid Blumenthal. Strobe Talbot is Cody Shear's brother-in-law, who worked with Newland, who worked with Weiner to get the information from Shear and Blumenthal and pass it to the FBI. This was a sophisticated information laundering operation to detach the CIA from any responsibility of having to vet garbage information and get it into the United States to use by a law enforcement entity because John Brennan has no law enforcement powers. The same information is laundered through the United States Department of State, bureaucrats, diplomats, not law enforcement. It's passed directly to the FBI to give it a patina of authenticity, even though it's the same garbage information. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to end on what I think is one of the most critical pieces, tidbits of information to come out over the last few days. Jim Clapper gave an interview to CNN, gives it a few days ago after Trump had this back and forth on the Russia-Helsinki meeting there and some disputes he had with the intelligence community, which he, of course, corrects the next day. But Clapper says something here. Ladies and gentlemen, let me explain to you what I think this means. Read the FISA application. Read the FISA application. And you'll see in the FISA application, not only is a Yahoo News article used, that's, that's the same information. The same information laundered through Yahoo News is the same information laundered from the State Department, which is laundered through John Brennan. You understand this, Joe, right? It all originated with Hillary Clinton and Christopher Steele. It is the same info. Mm-hmm. In the FISA application, Jim Clapper's own words about potential Russian interference in an intelligence community assessment are used in the FISA application. Jim Clapper, Barack Obama's former director of national intelligence. 
I don't believe Clapper's a good guy. But let me tell you this. I don't believe Clapper's a dumb guy either, Joe. I think Jim Clapper knows damn well he is in a world of trouble right now. Listen to what he tells Anderson Cooper when asked about Trump and the intelligence community. By the way, just one quick thing. He volunteers this. He's not specifically questioned about Obama. He's asked about Trump. Listen to this. If it weren't for President Obama, we might not have done the intelligence community assessment that we did that set off a whole sequence of events which are still unfolding today, notably Special Counsel Mueller's investigation. President Obama is responsible for that, and it was he who tasked us to do that intelligence community assessment uh, in the first place. Hey, Mom! The meatloaf! What? Oh! Wait, what was that? Joe, um, if if there's a bus coming down the street, what did Clapper just do? He threw him right in front of the bus or under the bus. Splat! Ladies and gentlemen, Brennan, yes, Brennan is an ideologue. Here's the problem, Joe. Let me explain to you the difference. All right. Brennan is an ideologue. Brennan is a hardcore radical leftist. Brennan cannot control himself. Brennan will attack Trump even though he knows he's in a world of trouble because Brennan is a dyed-in-the-wool socialist. And he cannot control himself. I mean this. I, I know people who know him. He is nothing but a narcissistic goon. He is bo- Brennan. Brennan will will go to handcuffs before giving uh, up his, his socialist leanings. I'm not a fan of Jim Clapper at all, but Clapper is not. Clapper has been way more methodical in trying to cover his tracks. I think Jim Clapper knows right now. He knew about the dossier. He knows the intelli- He knows the intelligence community assessment was a political document. Even though it had factual information in it, it was a political document designed to hurt the Trump team to advance the collusion narrative. Jim Clapper knows now his name is in the FISA application. Read it yourself. And Jim Clapper is just about tired of having his name thrown under the bus. This is a military man who made it through the military. I'm not suggesting he's not a leftist. I'm suggesting to you he's not the ideologue Brennan is. And I will guarantee you Jim Clapper is darn tired of having his name dragged through this. I think Jim Clapper knows he was played. Jim Clapper knows the entire intelligence community was played. And he knows who was playing that violin the whole time. And Jim Clapper just told Anderson Cooper who that is. That person was Barack Obama. That little snippet of information is killer. He knows his name is on that FISA app. He knows his name is on that FISA app. He knows he's in a world of trouble. Wow. Yes. All of the roaches are scuttling as the light comes on. (laughs) All right, folks, please do me a favor. Please share this today. People need to hear what's going on. And let me, uh, by the way, please subscribe to my podcast. It's free, by the way, but I know you listen. I appreciate you download it, but it's the subscriptions that push us up the charts. Uh, Go to iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Play. Um, you can go to SoundCloud. You can go to iHeart where it says follow. Please subscribe. And I want to leave you with this one thing. I, I, a lot of you are going to say, okay, great. What's going to happen now? Let me let the short answer. I don't know. Although I do know that United States Attorney Huber is working on this. I don't have any easy, quick answers for you. But I do have this answer for you. 
I was in church a couple of weeks ago and I listened to a great homily by a very good man. And he said, one of the lessons uh, that Jesus Christ taught us was to comfort the afflicted. But more importantly, I think in our case here, yes, comfort the afflicted, but afflict the comfortable. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not about being comfortable. The Valley Forge generation and others fought far more dangerous and rough battles than we are right now. I'm asking you to stay engaged. I know it's frustrating. I know the judicial process process is glacial. I know the machinery is moving slowly. I know this isn't a finely oiled machine. But if you give up and we allow this to go away, these people will have gotten away with the crime of the century. I'm asking you to stay engaged. Email your representatives. Email your senators. Call their offices. Ask them what's going on. Call your state reps. I know they're not federal reps. Call them too. What is going on with this abomination of justice? Afflict the comfortable. It's your job to take on some affliction and suffering right now. Our forefathers and our founders took on far worse. Stay engaged. Keep dancing. Stay in the fight. This case is everything. Once we get all the players and we get the information, it's going to be devastating to the myth that the Democratic Party and liberals are in it for the little guys. They are nothing more than police state tyrants. And now we've got them on the ropes. Stay engaged. I'll talk to you tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.